Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to season four of the behind the scenes television podcast, Soap from the Box. Sorry, we've had a couple of weeks off just as season four started. I suddenly had to film something very exciting, which you will be the first to know about very, very soon. I'm Lee Salisbury, television director and producer and now podcaster and season four is back bigger and better than ever. Not only am I talking to the actors who play your favourite characters in EastEnders, Coronation Street, Emmerdale, Hollyoaks, Home and Away and Neighbours, which is also back very soon. I'll also have extra special pop from the box music guests and some huge TV and film specials. And don't just listen anywhere. To be VIP, you need to listen on the Another Slice podcast player. It's free to sign up to and you'll get to hear exclusive audio and video clips you won't get anywhere else. And all the latest news from us lands directly in your inbox. Right now, sit back and enjoy a special episode of Pop from the Box, the spin-off series of Soap from the Box, where I talk to some of the world's biggest music stars. Get ready to turn back the clock for this one. My guest today for this special edition of Pop from the Box is part of a British slash Norwegian group who formed in 1988, scoring two number one singles and six other top 10 hits here in the UK and taking Southeast Asia by storm. They won a Brit Award in 2021 for Best Breakthrough Act and released one of my favourite pop songs ever, Caught in the Middle. From A1, the lead singer and my favourite member, just don't tell the others, and winner of the most fanciful male in the 2001 Smash Hits Awards, Ben Adams. Hello, Ben. Hey, that was a nice uh, nice intro. Nice <laughs> intro. How, do you remember the I used to love the Smash Hits Awards. Yeah, I know. They were great. They were great. I mean, there's nothing really around like that. Or, or as fun as that uh, anymore, which is a bit sad. But uh, but yeah, yeah. No, they, you, they, they, I mean, I, those... always, I always missed out. I missed out on best haircut. So I was. Did you miss out on best sad. haircut? That's gutting. Jack yeah. Curtin's like me as well. So how did that not win? I know. I know. Kean from Westlife always stole. Oh it. yeah. See, well, he had to win something. But I mean, going back then, <laughs> like pop, pop back then. I mean, was anyone listening? Obviously, probably fans of pop music from back then. But comparing it to now, it's just non-existent. I mean, it was the era of pop. There was Britney, NSYNC. That was your time, and that it must have been mad and amazing. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a whirlwind, really. If you speak to any of the 
bands that kind of had success around that time. I think we all have a similar experience of just like, it was just, you know, it was, the, the schedule was just ridiculous. Crazy, like I can't yeah. even, I'm just tired thinking about it now. Um, <laughs> I mean, we, we didn't have, we, we literally didn't have any time off. We were all over the place on hundreds of different, you know, planes and uh, all over the world and just promoting and recording and doing videos and, you know, all the parties and stuff. It was just a crazy time. Because there was a lot more TV appearances as well. We obviously had, I mean, my story that I've probably told a million times, but S Club 7, I remember being on programs that I worked on and literally they would have their hair, like they'd be held up by their hair because they'd be fast asleep their makeup was done and they'd wake up and be like, are we in Beijing? And like they had no idea where they were. And I'm guessing well, exactly. I mean, exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of perfected um, just literally being able to sleep in a second wherever we were so you know if we had 20 minutes in the car between it'd be TV like brilliant stations, sleep we, we could yeah we could literally just like click our fingers be asleep for 20 minutes get up do the thing and then back in the car and do the same again so yeah it was a very very busy time and you guys got together i read because paul missed out on the steps on the steps auditions so apparently that then they auditioned with him to find a new band it was tim burton wasn't it who created steps that then created you guys yeah, that's right. So um, I think Paul, they, uh, he was actually... Um, I can't I see Paul in steps, by the way. I mean, that was probably, a, you know, a, that wasn't the best match that, was it really? <laughs> well, no, exactly. I think that's what it was. So, you know, it was, I think Tim really liked him, but just thought you're not quite right for this project, but we're now going to do a different project with you in it. And that then became A1. So, um, so yeah, I don't think he's too sad about it. And your debut single got to number six, which is amazing. And was it instant kind of success? Or, you know, was it suddenly you could, I mean, back then, obviously the fans as well, there was no social media. So people used to follow bands around. Was it, it was, was it kind of an instantaneous thing for you guys? No, no, not at all. I mean, you know, that, that single getting to number six was sort of. Not brilliant, actually, was it probably at that time? I mean, I, th I think we all just wanted it to be number one. That's what we kind of expected. Yeah. So there was, sort of a, I don't know if we, we weren't disappointed, but like, you know, I don't know what we were expecting because being number six in the charts is amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, and you know, that, that was back in the day where you actually had to sell a lot of records to get anywhere near the top 10. So that was pretty brilliant for us. Um, but yeah, no, we, we basically spent two years before that, before we'd even signed a record deal, uh, basically uh, touring schools and oh, doing did all you? Oh, God. crappy uh you know nightclubs <laughs> and stuff like that that's just what you did then like you say there was no social media so you actually had to go to these places to get your name out there we did a whole bunch of awful things and then obviously when we signed the record deal and then it went to number six and then it it sort of started to pick up and and kind of go well from then on but like before that my god it was a it was well a i remember I even take that i remember that they did some awful music video for their foot where they were kind of in leather covered in jelly to kind of get the gay audience on board it was kind of like it was how it was how to get you noticed wasn't it basically absolutely and i think you know all, all bands did the rounds of the same kind of places we did a lot of a lot of gay clubs a lot of you know as i said schools and you know just everybody that we thought would be the right demographic for to be fans of us it was just kind of going around because i don't think many people would think that that that's how much work goes into creating back then anyway i mean now as a, we know the yeah. music industry is totally different but yeah a school tour yeah, isn't it, probably what you dream of when you when you join a band 
No, it's terrible. I mean, we would be performing to kids who were eating lunch and just didn't care that we were there. <laughs> so it was like, just like, what are we doing? You know, and and it was, you know, we went to some very seedy places and places that we shouldn't probably be performing as well when they booked. I remember one time they, I think the guy, um, he he booked us wrongly and he thought that we were like, I think there was another band at the time around called something similar to A1 and they were like a very heavy, like dubstep Oh, really? So we turned up with like our tank tops and you know matching outfits and stuff. And the guy <laughs> came and he was like, he was like, what kind of band are you, by the way? We're like, well, we're a boy band. And he's like, right, oh, okay. Yeah. And so we were like, oh, that was strange. And then we went on, and honestly, I mean, the faces on the people there—they <laughs> they did not want to see us. Um, so yeah, we definitely had you know lots of good times, but lots of very um, interesting times as well. And then when it happens, because obviously you did become massive. I mean, you were, you were, you know, the take on me and same old me, brand new, uh, bra- same old me, brand new you. What a song title that same, is. God. Same old brand new you. Yeah, yeah, Same yeah. old me. Yeah, God, that's a song title and a half. That was in 2000. They both got to number one. Again, a cover back then was always the choice, wasn't it? Normally a bands to go, to go, right. Uh, take that did, uh, what did they do? Uh, counting. They did quite a few. They, had, could, they did quite a few. Yeah, it was kind of the way to go, wasn't it? To basically get into yeah. the number one spot absolutely and, you know, Boyzone did mostly covers at the time um and i think it was just the way of uh you know just sort of when you got to a certain level you could probably just you know just put a cover out and as long as it was a good one and then it would just like catapult you to the next level if to the next level yeah. Um, yeah and that's what that's what take on me did for us so that was great and what was it we'll get to you in a sec about what because you've obviously got so much music history and the stuff you've done is absolutely amazing was it quite frustrating because obviously at first you were definitely that all dancing all singing boy bands and obviously you all actually could play instruments and were more of a group was it frustrating being kind of just lumped in with the other dancing boy bands well, I think the only thing that was frustrating was, you know, uh, you know, as you say, uh, you know, some boy bands won't name any names, but they were put <laughs> together just because of the way they look. And yeah, didn't actually have any. They couldn't even sing half of them. No. So, you know, when we, we were actually, know. we all know those boy bands. We all know who. We well, exactly. That's why there's no point in mentioning them. But no, you know, yeah. like, we were actually writing the songs, and we were yeah. actually we were actually singing on the records and stuff. So, you know, to <laughs> for people to sort of put us in the same pigeonhole as people that weren't i guess that was frustrating but you know that was that was what was popular at the time um so you know of course that was what what we were going to do the best thing i suppose though was you were in that era i mean i worked at the bbc and i remember when i did worked on grange hill and Wood was amazing at that time you had grange hill holby city eastenders and top of the pops and top of the pops to be part of the era that you got to go on top of the pops is amazing isn't it because top of the pops is incredible oh my god yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, we met some amazing people on top of the pops. I think we were doing it one week where, you know, it was us, Prince, Marilyn wow. Manson, Garde, Robbie Williams. Uh, it was just you know, like it was just like an incredible oasis with there one week. It was just amazing. So you know, I mean, talk about top of the pops now. If anyone's uh, listening listening to this who is young, know, younger, they won't know. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. what the hell is top of the pops? But it, it was, was kind of like TikTok mm, on telly, basically. That's what I call it. I mean, it was your go to. Yeah. It was your go to thing every week. Absolutely, it was the biggest show there. So you know, when we when we were on top of the pops, that's when we really felt like, okay, we we've we've made it now. That's brilliant. My story that I've never told actually, because we used to do some top of the pop stuff for the Saturday show, and uh, 
me and the presenters used to go every week and we used to kind of there used to be a free bar for artists so we used to just pretend we were with a different artist every week and it was amazing <laughs> at the top of the pops bar though with Britney and what you were like what is happening and ending up in the Met Bar with Daniel Bedingfield or whatever you'd be like every week was like it was crazy and the people though that yeah. you guys around I mean the girls and the boys and the groups I mean it was really obsessive the fan base wasn't it back then as well yeah I mean it was it was crazy you had people turning up at your you know your house and like hundreds of people did you guys live together by the way or not did you well to start yeah to start with we did live together and that that just was a disaster yeah um, sure. we ended up just you know instead of arguing about what we should be arguing about like what's the next single like it would be who stole my chocolate who <laughs> who's not washed up the dishes you know? yeah exactly all that kind of nonsense so we it was a very short-lived where we um we lived together um but yeah it, was, <laughs> it wasn't a success and then obviously you came back with a, a new album caught in the middle and i'm not just saying it is one of my favorite you wrote that song didn't you yeah yeah me and paul wrote that one so it's um, amazing i think that's one of the songs that will last the test of time it's such a brilliant song and that was a change of direction for you guys wasn't it in 2022 was that a uh, you know, did you have to persuade the record company to kind of d- go in this new direction? Well, I tell you what, it was um, we'd always wanted to be like a band band and not necessarily a boy band. And we'd had some time out um, after um, the, the second <laughs> album promotion was was kind of cut short because we had a, an awful episode in, um, in oh, Indonesia. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was where, the, where yeah. some fans got crushed, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was unbelievable, unbelievable. So we took uh, time out, and obviously, um, out of respect, didn't carry on any promotion. Finished everything there, so we had a long time. Uh, yeah, I think it was about a year, maybe or, or maybe longer, um, to sort of just consolidate what we were doing and go. Okay, well, if we're actually going to be, a, you know, come out again, what kind of music do we want to do? So we started writing a lot of uh, a lot of more kind of band sounding songs um and caught in the middle was one of them and i'll be honest with you it was one of our least favorite songs really yeah i mean i like i say I, me and paul wrote that one there was another song called make it good that mark and christian had written and we all really wanted that to be the single wow um, okay. the, first single, the record company turned around and went no it's got to be caught in the middle so we were kind of at a stalemate with them for months um and then eventually the the record company turned around and put their foot down and said no it's caught in the middle we're like okay fine but you know we'll have to go along with it then and then you know it just became the most enormous monster of a hit that we'd ever had so <laughs> it was it was um yeah you don't always know when you're too no that's one of my questions that i always ask to people in the music industry because sometimes it's like you must write a hit or write a song and think yeah this is the one do you know what i mean i mean adele takes years to get that hit that she obviously knows is going to break all the records again but sometimes you don't know i suppose as well no you don't and i think when you're so close to a project and and you know it's quite hard to see the wood from the trees. It's uh, you, you kind of need people on the outside coming in, um, you know, people who have good opinions that we respect their opinions to come in and actually tell you what's what sometimes. Uh, Cause I, but I think now, because, you know, after, well, particularly now after a one I've written thousands of songs. songs yeah. Like that. So I think now I do know when I've written a song, that's just an enormous hit. Or when I haven't, um, and you, you know, still so love it. Do you still like that song, Caught in the Middle? Oh well, now I love it. I mean, it's yeah. obviously, <laughs> yeah. and it, you know, in particular, I, I mean, the royalty checks from it are quite amazing. I quite bet, amazing. yeah. Even, even you know, now, like 
I don't really have to do much. I just have to. That's amazing. You know, and that's cool. In the middle, I always say, imagine Mariah with all I want for Christmas. I mean, literally, she doesn't need to work ever oh, again, that woman. No, no, never. For many, many lifetimes, she doesn't have to work. Yeah, so, it's incredible. Uh, that. I, think, I mean, I put it on my Instagram the other day, but I mean, it was, I think, 20, was it 21 years? I'm just going to go on my Instagram now. I think it's 21 years old. Now, so, is it 21 years old? That's 21 really interesting. I know it's awful, isn't it? So That's I mean, so it depressing. Like, wow, twenty-one years, and then it's like, oh my god, twenty-one years. Twenty-one years. Where? Oh, where it's has that madness? So where is yeah, that? But, I mean, gone? That, well, exactly. But I mean, that that really, I was. I'm so thankful that our management, you know, um, well, you allowed us that, to yeah. write, write all the songs because, you know, like I say, I mean, thankfully, I'm <laughs> more busy now than I've ever been. But if I wasn't, I'd always have the royalties of, of, of Coy in the middle. Stuff. Yeah, amazing. In the middle to, to fall back on. And actually, funny enough, I know a lot of people think that Caught in the Middle is our biggest song. Our biggest song is actually Like a Rose. Oh, really? Um, oh, of course. That's I forgot about yeah, that one. Yeah, of course. Huge. I mean, it's like... In you know, like even when I look at the royalty checks coming through, I get much more for like a rose than I do. Oh, really? Music. You know why? It's probably not as it's not probably not as pop. You know, like those really big pop hits of the one the ones that because we've all gone like retro has come back massively, hasn't it? It's like you guys are all on tour soon, aren't you? Doing a big. I spoke to the yeah. uh, the, the original singer of Living Joy the other day as well. It's like it's amazing. Oh, right how it's gone through the roof again this kind of you know i think it was yeah. looked down upon for a few years i mean pop music and bands and boy bands and stuff but everyone's come back together but you guys obviously split up paul left you split up i mean we could spend ages talking about the years in between and stuff but it was in the end you reformed together without paul and then you 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 did the big reunion actually didn't you without paul with blue five damage there was a fifth yeah. story oh, band wasn't there that was i think adam rickett was in that wasn't he uh, yeah, Adam Rickett. Who else was in that? Gareth Gates and Gareth Gates. Yeah, that was a random band that was made, wasn't it? Dane Bowers was in that. Yeah, it was. It was a random collection. But yeah, I mean, like you know, as you say, like nostalgia. You know, I I can totally understand it because you know I have this. My favorite artists aren't really the artists that are around now. They are people that yeah, you know, I you grew up with when I was yeah. growing up. And, you know, when we do these gigs and we, you know, not just when we do our own concerts, but when we do these multi-band lineups of people of the era as well, you just see the people's faces. And it's like, you know, for two hours, they people can come along and just forget they have kids, forget they have money yeah. troubles, forget about, you know, they are just having the best time of their lives and just reliving their youth for that period of time. So it's actually incredible it was such an incredible thing to sort of to, to see like we're happy obviously to be there they're super happy to see us to see yeah to see you and all the other guys it's great and you went i mean you went solo again we'll get to your writing because you've done so many stuff but you went solo in 2005 you had a solo single which peaked at 18 which again is great actually was it weird suddenly going solo after being in a band because i, I remember like the guys from blue always said the one nice thing because we've all seen the devastation that's happened to so many massive solo artists you know because they're the ones sat in the hotel room on their own i suppose it's quite nice when you're in a, in a band because you you guys know exactly what each other are going through whereas when you're solo suddenly you are kind of then on your own yeah, I mean, look, my solo uh, thing was a disaster. It was absolutely, <laughs> I, I, I hated every second of it. Did you? Um, and I'll tell you why, because, and, you know, I guess there was that, like, camaraderie with, with having other people who experience what you experience um, and being on stage together with them. But, you know, 
if I'm honest, I, I spent two years going to all some of the most amazing songwriters in, in the world to, you know, went to Robin Thicke's house to do some yeah. tracks with him. Karma Superstar, Greg Kirsten, all these kind of people went over to LA. And um, I had a fantastic, and it's still fantastic to this day, um, kind of like a jazz crossover uh, hip-hop kind of album. Oh, wow. Ready, ready to go. Um, and I was signed to BMG at that point. Um, and it was going, and actually everyone that heard it, all the music weeks, all the, all the reviews that were coming up were, were oh my God, this is really special and this is going to go far and then bmg and sony merged and the people at the top of the tree uh, decided oh no well we, yeah we like that stuff but we want you to be how you were. Like justin, justin timberlake oh kind right of thing. okay like, yeah but there's already just there's already justin timberlake. Yeah. Why do I want to be justin timberlake and they're like well just go and try you know and write a few songs a bit more in that vein so again i went over to la and i did a whole bunch of a whole bunch of songs with various people and then um i got back and i had a list of songs i had like 28 songs or something like that and at the bottom of that list uh were these more kind of like justin timberlake-esque songs sorry which was my uh which is the one that i actually ended up releasing was number 28 on my list of oh my favorite god wow yeah. which wouldn't even I be on the second album hated, i hated that song. It? oh and no then, that's and horrible then, and then they basically said in like one way or another, they're like, well, release that or release nothing. So I'd been, you know, working for two years, getting really cool, credible stuff that I absolutely loved. And then I had to release this crappy song. And I didn't even know what I was doing. I was on TV. Just they just put a bunch of like cool looking guys around me. And I was coming off TV confused. I was like, guys, I don't know what I'm doing. Like this I think is that's what's, what's happening at the time. There, there'd be a big artist come along. Like you know, I remember when Britney became big, and so many. I mean, Billy Piper was probably the one, the UK version of you being Justin. That they were like, "We need Britney Spears." It was quite obvious that she wasn't going to be Britney Spears. Do you know what I mean? Well, exactly. So I mean, it was for me. I, I look back on that period um, with not very fond memories. I'm quite. I'm still quite frustrated that that album went uh, out like it did. Yeah. Well, it just it, we didn't even release the album. You know, oh, the album didn't even get released. Like, well, it was just just that song. No, it was just that song. And then and then I, I said, okay, well, you know, that that single, obviously, I don't want to go to number eighteen in the charts. So for me, that was crap. I'm used to going to like number one or yeah. the top five or whatever. So I was like, look, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna release another single, it has to be on my own terms with the the songs I want to release because that's what we're doing. Um, and then they said, oh no, we want you to release this kind of R and B. Justin Timberlake S ballad again. And I was like, guys, no, I don't want to do this anymore. This is if I'm if it's not going to go well, I want it to not go well on my terms, releasing yeah. stuff that I think is brilliant, not stuff that you think is brilliant and I'm not proud of. And that's where that ended. So And how do you <laughs> compare that to now, Ben? Like now, because art is the, the, the industry's changed. Artists now have, I suppose, got that decision much more in their own thing, like their image their music but it's harder to get it out there is it i don't i mean it's a, it's a, such a different world isn't it now that yeah, that probably I mean, would it, never it, happen it, again now no it's a, i mean it's a totally different game um i mean the artists really have to do all the work themselves, all themselves yeah there's no so like, companies behind them no then there's no there's no um route really like when people come and they ask me for advice or whatever i mean i, I don't really know what to say to them in this day and age because 
it's all, I mean, it was all, you know, it's always based on quite a lot of luck as well and being in the right place at the right time. But now, you know, anyone that has a laptop is a producer. Anybody yeah, that, yeah. you know, everyone's a songwriter. Every, you know, there are, there are thousands of tracks released every day. So something really has to take off virally for it to be of, of interest to anyone. And trying to get your music out there is almost impossible. And people are signing you know, uh, TikTok stars now or whatever that can't sing a note because that's the way that you... Well, and even people like Madonna are kind of... One of her demos went massive on TikTok and she's now releasing that. It's like she's being guided by TikTok. It's kind of crazy. Do you know what I mean? Someone like Madonna is... It is. ...is caught up in that that, as well. That's the way of the world now. So you either fight it or you go along with it. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I'm... Like, there are so many of these different social media things out. I mean, if, if I... If I didn't need social media for work, work I'm the same. I would not it. be on it. I no, I'm the same. But you've I obviously, like you said, it. you've written and produced for loads of people like Craig David, JLS, Robin Thicke, Alexander Burke. Is that, do you, would you ever want to go? I mean, obviously you're still with A1, but is it behind the scenes? Do you, I mean, is that what you love now more than, you know, performing? Or do you still, lo- would you, would you love to have a massive solo album out yourself still? Um, <laughs> Ah, oh, it's a hard one. I mean, I, I mean, we, we, we are touring solidly anyway with, uh, with A One. A One, because you um, released new music. The uh, first was Spiders in 2021, wasn't it? When you got back together, and that was the first big release that you made, you guys. Well, actually, no. We, we, we had, uh, we had many releases which were bigger than that before. Um, with uh, Don't Wanna Lose You Again, that oh, whole album, yeah, yeah, yeah. Waiting for Daylight, that was pretty massive. Uh, we never really took it to the UK. But um, all over Scandinavia, that was huge, and Asia and stuff. And we had another album called Rediscovered, which was pretty big. Um, so we, we, you know, the touring side of things, we are so busy. Constantly, I mean, if I yeah. Look at my, if I look at my calendar or my schedule now, it's quite daunting actually to look at this year. How much you've got coming up? It's unbelievable. So I think I think there is enough performing there for me to have that you know that sort of to to, to satisfy that, that kind of buzz yeah you get yeah buzz, yeah and that taste of, of of that side of things um and also i'm a dad now so i like i really like to spend a lot of time with my, my daughter yeah and my wife um you know we've got a beautiful house up in the mountains now as well so we go up there as much as we can um you know i i i don't know if i could if i would want the same touring schedule i would have to have if i was to do another massive solo album or, or venture or whatever it's so massively busy with touring with a1 and you're doing loads of the re- you're, isn't there a massive one coming up with loads of you that i saw uh i can't remember what it's called but that's coming up so that tickets gone sale that the tickets have just yeah, gone on sale for i think the tickets have just gone on sale it's with a lot of other bands of that's video, a huge like, thing isn't it so that's I, busy what else have you got coming up though Oh, uh, so much stuff, really. Um, uh, there's uh, I've written a musical called Eugenius, which is going back on in London. That that had two runs at the other Palace, Andrew Lloyd Webber's theatre, um, and now it's going back into the Turbine Theatre in in Battersea. So uh, that's and that's fun. incredible. And that's with Warwick Davis present. Uh, uh, that was isn't with it? Warwick Davis. It's, it's not anymore. It's uh, with a different uh, producer. It's with Bill Kenwright. Um, oh, amazing. It. So that's great. Um, and then I've written another musical that's being turned into a film. Um, wow. And then the the other thing. And that you still I, write a lot. You still write a lot for other people as well. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm constantly right. I mean, over here they have um, uh, something called MGP, which is like the preliminary uh, competition for uh, Eurovision. Whoever goes, who, you know, who, who's going to go and represent Norway. Um, and because this is going out when it is, um, I can actually tell you now, which I've I had to keep the secret for ages, but I actually represented Norway last year at Eurovision with a band called Subwoofer. Oh, right. Wow. Uh, okay. Which is quite mad. And it literally, that project has, I mean, just blown up. I mean, so hold on. So you represented Norway. People know that. That people know that you no, know. so I, it was oh, people it was don't me. know. It was no people. Well, people do know now because you know we we did like a big face reveal on the final of MGP on the on the fifth of February. Um, but you know, for a whole year, we weren't we, we haven't told anybody that it was oh, wow. it's and another guy. So, um, and we wrote this crazy song called "Give That Wolf a Banana" just for a <laughs> laugh. Um, and everybody just loved it for some reason. So yeah, we we won we won the Norwegian Eurovision um, final with that, which we were very surprised about. And we're basically dressed as like yellow wolves singing about saving That's grandma. Amazing, by, and by no one knew. It's kind of like the Mars Singer in a way. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's been going on for like a year. this has been the most bonkers year I've ever. I've ever, you know, experienced in my entire life. You know, we've done, I mean, it's literally like, I think the, the streams on Spotify alone are like well over 30 odd million and counting, you know, it goes up a hundred thousand every day and stuff. It's like um, four times platinum in many countries around the world. I mean, Eurovision uh, is massive, isn't it? Eurovision is yeah, incredible actually. Yeah. And it's people don't look huge. down on Eurovision anymore. People love Eurovision now. Well, I think for a time it was like the kiss of death. And also yeah. we weren't really sure if, you know, like doing a song called Give That Wolf a Banana, we kind of reckoned it wasn't <laughs> a very good move for our own <laughs> careers, which are going quite well. Um, so that's why we were in Mask. And actually the whole project just blew up. Um, and it's, you know, we've, we've signed to Universal. And we've that's done, incredible. Single now. So it's, it's really massive. So I literally, I have had the weirdest, busiest year yeah, ever what was the decision I mean, to come out to come out to come out of the closet as the man behind it what was um well i think because like it's already quite hard wearing masks everywhere anyway but yeah you know we're, we're doing like massive concerts for like eighteen thousand people and stuff like that and we were still having to turn up to the venue in you know um in complete disguise and uh, and also trying to trying to promote the next singles and stuff like that is pretty hard because we can't do interviews because we can't speak um you know there's, there's no radio interviews there's no tv interviews isn't it so it's actually quite hard and i can't even i can't even promote it on my own social no, media because, yeah and i know we were talking about tiktok earlier i mean i'm crap at tiktok you know for myself and for even a1 we were rubbish at it no but, i'm not even on uh, it some... it amuses me tiktok i just can't get it at all no but subwoofer are huge on tiktok i mean That's some of our brilliant. videos have millions gonna... of views and stuff so it's um yeah and that and there's a whole team of people who are who are doing 
who are doing that. We have a company doing our our TikTok for me on um on that project. So um it's just it's just craziness, you know. I mean the nice thing year, is that when something like that happens and it you don't expect it, you know what I mean? And then it kicks off like this podcast, to be honest. And it's amazing because it's just great when exactly. it's so random and you're like, oh wow, this is brilliant and I'm absolutely, loving it. Absolutely. And and also it, it was it was something there's something quite nice about you know everything I do um you know now nowadays is always it's linked to a one or it's linked to you know me as a writer or what i've done before this is something that's completely out of the blue that yeah just exists i mean it, it exists without me being a part of it at all so um well yeah, the nice thing now you've got a nice that. mixture of stuff it's like you're doing a one and you're going retro at some points you're doing a musical uh you're writing for people plus you've got this mad mad little sonic gig and and I've just said yes to doing uh, We Will Rock You um, at Oslo Spectrum the, and, oh, and uh, other arenas in, in Norway. So it really is like... Um, That's what we interviewed. I interviewed uh, Arlene Phillips not long ago, who obviously was the original uh, choreographer of that. What a show. What a voice you need, mate, for that. Well, I mean, to be honest, I, like my daughter has just started kindergarten, so um, I know we spoke about this before before we started the interview, the the podcast. But um, I just have like a constant cold. And yeah, just, no, like, I know all these kind of germs. So you know, I was having a, a meeting with a musical director today, and like you know, it's in the same key as Freddie Mercury was singing. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's I'm really to... hard, probably the hardest. I know, and I'm trying to sing there. these songs with a, like a full on cold, so it's gonna be tricky but we're gonna do it somehow but like I'm, I'm not worried about it but i'm a little bit like hmm. <laughs> exciting times and what about coming back will you come back to the uk much do you think will you can the uk fans uh get to see you i mean the tours are happening obviously with a1 i suppose so that's yeah. where they can see I mean, you there's loads of stuff with a1 i mean eugenius as well that begins eugenius actually opens the day that we will rock you finishes Oh, okay. Uh, wow. Okay. So I'm flying straight. I'm not even there for any of the rehearsals. So I'm literally going to go and see my musical. The, the, your musical on the first night. For the first night with all the press. So I, wow. I'm hoping they do a good job. You'll be like, yeah, it's brilliant. Like, Crossing fingers. Yeah. So I hope they do a good job. But I mean, it's got great people working on it. So it, 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 I'm sure it's going to be fine. But Still yeah, like that's, amazing. that's quite. Yeah, well, that's, so that's I mean, quite... it's amazing, mate. It's lovely to chat to you on the podcast. It's amazing that you've got so many good things. It's great to see like people from, you know, my past going, doing really well. So it's incredible. Yeah, thanks. No, it's going, uh, all going rather well. All going well. I, well, I, I, I wish sometimes it wasn't going so well because I'd quite like to chill. I know, just um, to chill. But you see, we, you know, we, we lose that excuse after lockdown because we all got forced to chill. So now it's like, I think we're all, we're all getting used to getting busy again, but we're not. We're like, oh, actually, I kind of quite miss lockdown now. <laughs> I quite missed lockdown. I, I do. Quite, I'm not going to judge. I've become a bit of a recluse, to be honest, since lockdown. Well, do you know what I mean? That's why. That's why I moved to Norway because I was living in the UK, and I was like, oh, I don't really like it, you know, here anymore. So I was like, well, let's just go and, you know, I mean, my wife is Norwegian, so she was like, why don't we try living in Norway? And we were here for a lot of the pandemic. And I was like, oh, my God, this country is beautiful. Well, and I also, have to say, I saw your Instagram and the view out of your window is beyond incredible. I mean, I live in oh a country, but that yeah. is ridiculous. Kind of makes me not like you, but do you know what I mean? It's that good. <laughs> but that's, yeah, I mean, well, I, that's actually in my house in the mountains. I've got a really, um, I'm sitting in my, um, I live right in the centre of Oslo. My closest neighbour is actually the king of Norway. Wow. Um, I live right by the castle. So, um, yeah, but it, the country is just 
beautiful. Incredible. And really I've, never, I've never been to Norway. I have to go to Norway because everyone that I, mean, I know has been, yeah, absolutely. And that view is what view to wake up to, to in the mountains as well. It's amazing. I mean, but it's expensive, you know, like a pint is like 15 quid. Oh, it's the same as Switzerland. I filmed in Switzerland and I, I, had, oh. a, I had a coffee and it was like, I nearly was sick. It was like £10.50 yeah. for Starbucks. Yeah, well, that, that, that is my life now. Everything right, wow. Costs. Well, thank God you got the musical. Thank God you've got all the other stuff going on. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Been, <laughs> exactly. It's been amazing to have you on uh, Pop from the Box. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, pleasure, pleasure. It's been great to chat to you. And good luck with everything. Not that you need it. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Bother me, Ben Adams there from A1, my guest on Pop from the Box, the spin-off of season four of Soap from the Box. If you want to hear unedited versions of the brand new series, then you just need to listen on the Another Slice podcast player or go to anotherslice.com slash soap from the box. It's free to sign up. So go there now. There's an exclusive episode with EastEnders and I'm a Celebrity star, Jacqueline Josser. And a brand new episode of Soap from the Box is coming. I'm not going to tell you when. Any day now. The full unedited version will be available first on another slice before you can listen to it anywhere else we're back for good now season four soap from the box and pop from the box i will see you very very soon